Good morning, you guys. This is Dr. D coming to you live straight from the boom factor. And this is the day. Um, Our President Biden will be inaugurated and sworn in as the 46th President of the United States. And my heart really go out to him and Madam Kamala Harris on this date because of the Capitol siege on January 6th, which was very, very horrific. And I am still in awe on how, well, I ain't going to say in awe. Let me erase that term. That's the wrong word to use for it. I am disappointed in the hierarchies that is still fanning the flame about this election. And if the Supreme Court dismissed it, that's the highest court that you can go to. The highest court that even um, former Trump elected at least three of the seats to make sure that he had somebody on his side. It didn't take them less than 34 minutes, I think they say, for them to dismiss the case. They then went to every court that they can go to and all the judges say of course you have a right give me proof and they did not have legitimate proof you can't bring nothing to court with hearsay you have to have your time receipts you have to have proof and all the rhetoric that Trump did he did all of that because he knew he was going to lose and he didn't want to Feel the 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 brunk of losing. So he started this campaign a whole year and a half before the election started by delaying the postal service um, monies, funding the postal service to make sure they have enough uh, mail box drops where people can bring their mail. Um, we saw a slow in delivery in the mail. And if you really dig deep, if you really want to find out what's what really happened, you guys, I just tell people, search the matter out. That's what the Bible tells us. Search the matter out before you make judgments. And just by me going and just looking at different videos and reading certain articles, this man planned this uh, at least a year and a half ago because he already know his ratings was going down because of the first impeachment, right? Now, with that said, going into the election year, oh, he pumped that thing up real good. And the Bible is true. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. It says the word of God, but hearing any word, if you keep hearing a certain language over and over and over and over and over again, come on, you're going to start believing it. Okay? And once you start getting a group of people believing what you're saying, he did not stand boldly and protect the Black Lives Matter last year. Okay, so that gave all the antific and militia, gave them a right to do what they did on January 6th because they came out there bold and proud with their guns and everything. Where was the federal government then? Why you didn't arrest these people? Half the people didn't even have 
licensed weapons. They just was walking the streets with AK-47s and shot. I mean, I don't think it was shotguns, but they had rifles and guns. There was a military equipment. It wasn't even in the military. Some of them was, but most of them, they staying now that they making arrests. Whoa. Now, isn't this something, you guys? Just think about it. All the protesters that was out there on January 6th, they say they got about at least 100 and something that's been arrested, and they still have 300 and something cases open, right? And this man last night pardoned a few people. Now, my thing is, did he pardon any of these terrorists, domestic terrorists that they are now labeled? Did he pardon any of those that in their statement to the FBI, they, they stated that they felt they was obeying what the president was telling them to do? But now, he crying for peace and unity? And you won't even, I don't care if you didn't like the man or whatever, but at least show some character. Uh, Barack Obama showed up for your, um, your, his inauguration. And he talked about Obama, former President Obama, like he didn't even exist. Like, like this man wasn't even the president. That's how bad he was talking about this man. He did not value his position. So if you did not sow value into somebody else's position... How do you expect other people to so value unto you? I literally broke a relationship, a friendship. Literally, I can literally say I walked away from this woman because every time we were supposed to be rehearsing, but every time she gets to going, Ma, she just bad Obama like it was a, 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 a lynching moment. And I just couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it no more, you guys. I was honest. And now, no matter what Trump has done and said, he's still demonstrating that no, you don't want you don't want a peace. You you just saying all that now to save your rear end because you know once that impeachment come in, you're going to be relieved of all your presidential duties. Everything's going to be wiped away from you. And you guys, I didn't even know that even when they leave the office, they get an opportunity to still hold on to the launch codes. Well, what the what? How in the world y'all allow this man to do this? That's what I'm saying. It's more to it than this here, you guys. He left early this morning, according to Washington Post. About 8.15, he got into the helicopter, him and Melania Trump, to head on. And he made it plain and clear that he will not be attending the inauguration. Shame, 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 shame. But now you want Biden to unite. Oh, unite the country back on Biden According to Lindsey Graham words, if you don't, you're weak. Stop this impeachment. What? Nah, don't stop nothing, Biden. Let them impeach him. 
because he really felt that he was above the law. Nobody else is not above the law. You do all of this rhetoric and you want to still carry the title, the title as president? Wow. Well, you guys, I don't know if you guys will be tuning in, but I will be tuning in. But he did take off this morning to depart. He departed from the White House this morning. Okay, and they went on their way. All right. And he's not going to the inauguration. He never conceded. And they stated that, according to the Wall Street Journal, they stated that President Andrew Johnson declined to attend the inauguration way back in 1869 because he lost to Ulysses Grant. Wow. And Trump still refused to accept the fact that the voting system was fraud and he lost by measures of fraud and that's why he is not attending and he's not accepting um, President Biden. Well, they went through all the formalities, no matter what they did. You, They went to, they were so focused on trying to get the votes in and recount that people was losing their homes, losing their lives because of COVID-19. This man was not thinking about the people who is really suffering that you're supposed to be representing. Mr. Trump, sorry, was only trying to save his own ass. That's the whole bottom line. And the only reason why he made a video right after his little remarks is because he was advised to do so or else. So he ain't that um, illiterate to the point where he got some kind of common sense. But I am like, they need to change some laws because I don't even understand something like this here. After a president has been elected, they give so many days to confirm the vote. I believe they should go ahead and, and, and without no um, disaster that would hinder the recount or whatever, it should be a limitation on that, that the, the president that's still in the seat have limited um, powers. His powers are diminished, just like on a regular job. No, we're not going to fire you. We'll just demote you. Oh, you resign. They asked him to resign. He still could have got his benefits. But you're going you're gonna to trust yourself to impeach, to impeach? I really believe if he would have conceded, went on and conceded, went on and congratulated Joe Biden and his win, right? Even though he didn't agree with it. But you unite the country because you divided the country. I believe if he would have did that, okay, and also in good grace, show up for the inauguration. At least that will show something towards your supporters that, hey, we got to compromise here, you guys. Oh, no. So now he's going to have his own little rally in the party because they say that he's going to... Um, He's going to the military base. I forgot what military base he's going to because he wants a red carpet. He wants the 21 shots over him to de, uh, to send him off. He's going to Joint Base Andrews. That's where he's going. Okay. To expect spend. Most of his post-presidency is in Florida, 
but he's going to meet with his supporters out there and um, get signed off as the president, the 45th president. Wow. I still say this like little elementary boy is going back and forth. And, and, and it's really like, he don't even care. He don't care. Because in his mind, he's still a president. He did a good job. He built the wall, which they say he he say he built 400 miles, but they say he only, they only added 40 miles a new wall. And what they did, they reconstruct the other walls. You know, they made them more secure. So he didn't do no 400 miles of wall. That's all he wanted to do. I'm going to build a wall. And all that money you could have sent and help people in the country. If you really cared about the people, you would just say, look, senators, Democrats, and Republicans, I want one bill. This bill I just want just for the American people. Send them some money to take care of their lives. Don't add no buildings, reconstruction, no street. Don't don't send none of that. That's what he should have done. That's my only opinion. But no, with this bill, they're adding all of this money. And even with the money that he released, well, I ain't going to say he released, but the Senate released that nine point something. Guess what? It's not still going to the people. They're going to agencies. And the agencies, you still got to go through all this preliminary just to access whatever money they have. And the $600, I think, is really was a, a, a slap in the people's face. Because even me, as a single senior citizen, because of my age now, okay, with no children, $600, four months waiting, $600. Wow, that was a whole lot of money. Thank you. Thank you, Congress. Thank God I don't depend on you, but thank you, Congress. Isn't that something? But that's my little reflection for this morning. Um, I only thing I say to... Uh, have mercy on Mr. Trump. Uh, I, 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 I still be praying that God will touch his heart and humble himself because he ain't humble. He's not. He's not humble at all. I'm sorry. Um, they're saying that he going to have his own rally over here uh, at the at the at the Joint Base Andrews in Maryland. Uh, he's allowing some people to come. Uh, let me see what else they're saying on here. Okay, now they're saying um, Trump exits. Uh, Trump vowed to return to the public stage. He said he will be watching, he will be listening, and he will be back. Oh, yeah? I don't think you're going to be back in that White House, sir. Sorry. You in a you in an illusion now. So, anyway, that's my little refreshing this morning on the inauguration day. Uh, this is really going to be something. We're going to see the commemorate of the commencement of our 46th president, you guys, Joe Biden, is in the house. And Madam Kamala, Kamala Harris. 
the first African black woman in a VP position. Whoa. It can't get better than this. Signing off. That theme for this inauguration, our determined democracy, forging a more perfect union, was announced by the Joint Committee before the election with the belief that the United States can only fulfill its promise and set an example for others if we are always working to be better than we have been. The Constitution established that determined democracy with its first three words, declaring the people as the source of the government. The Articles of Confederation hadn't done that. The Magna Carta hadn't done that. Only the Constitution says the government exists because the people are the source of the reason it exists. They immediately followed those first three words with the words to form a more perfect union. The founders did not say to form a perfect union. They did not claim that in our new country, nothing would need to be improved. Fortunately, they understood that always working to be better would be the hallmark of a great democracy. The freedoms we have today, the nation we have today, is not here just because it happened, uh, and they aren't complete. A great democracy working through the successes and failures of our history, striving to be better than it had been. And we are more than we have been, and we are less than we hope to be. The assault on our capital at this very place just two weeks ago reminds us that a government designed to balance and check itself is both fragile and resilient. During the last year, the pandemic challenged our free and open society and called for extraordinary determination and sacrifice and still challenges us today. Meeting that challenge head on have been and are healthcare workers, scientists, first responders, essential frontline workers, and so many others we depend on in so many ways. Today we come to this moment, people all over the world as we're here are watching and will watch what we do here. Our government comes together the Congress and the courts join the transition of executive responsibility. One political party more pleased today and on every inaugural day than the other. But this is not a moment of division, it's a moment of unification. A new administration begins and brings with it a new beginning. And with that, our great national debate goes forward and a determined democracy will continue to be essential in pursuit of a more perfect union and a better future for all Americans. What a privilege for me to join you today. Thank you. I'm pleased to call to the podium a longtime friend of the president-elect and his family, Father Leo O'Donovan, to lead us in an invocation. Please stand if you are able and remain standing for the national anthem and the pledge to our flag.
Gracious and merciful God, at this sacred time we come before you in need, indeed on our knees. But we come still more with hope and with our eyes raised anew to the vision of a more perfect union in our land, a union of all our citizens to promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. We are a people of many races, creeds, and colors, national backgrounds, cultures, and styles, now far more numerous and on land much vaster than when Archbishop John Carroll wrote his prayer for the inauguration of George Washington 232 years ago. Archbishop Carroll prayed that you, O creator of all, would assist with your Holy Spirit of counsel and fortitude, the President of these United States, that his administration may be conducted in righteousness and be eminently useful to your people. Today we confess our past failures to live according to our vision of equality, inclusion, and freedom for all. Yet we resolutely commit still more now to renewing the vision, to caring for one another in word and deed, especially the least fortunate among us, and so becoming a light for the world. There is a power in each and every one of us that lives by turning to every other one of us, a thrust of the spirit to cherish and care and stand by others and above all those most in need. It is called love, and its path is to give ever more of itself. Today, it is called American patriotism, born not of power and privilege, but of care for the common good, with malice toward none and with charity for all. For our new president, we beg of you the wisdom Solomon sought when he knelt before you and prayed for an understanding heart so that I can govern your people and know the difference between right and wrong. We trust in the counsel of the letter of James. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Pope Francis has reminded us how important it is to dream together. By ourselves, he wrote, we risk seeing mirages, things that are not there. Dreams, on the other hand, are built together. Be with us, holy mystery of love, as we dream together. Help us under our new president to reconcile the people of our land, restore our dream and invest it with peace and justice and the joy that is the overflow of love. To the glory of your name forever, amen.
Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the presentation of our national colors by the Armed Forces Color Guard, the singing of our national anthem, and for the Pledge of Allegiance. I sung that song. That was real nice. That was real nice. Look <laughs> at Barack. Barack Obama. Please welcome from the city of South Fulton, Georgia, Fire and Rescue Department, President of the International Association of Firefighters, Local 3920, Fire Captain Andrea M. Hall for the reciting of the Pledge of Allegiance. Hey, girl. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Great, <laughs> girl. America is a historic moment of first to administer the oath to our first African-American, our first Asian-American, and our first woman vice president, Kamala Harris. It is my God's grace then when we first begun. If I can ask you to sing this last verse with me, not just the people here, but the people at home at work as one united. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see.
hard not to be reminded of President Obama's singing that same song at the Mother Emanuel Church. A song that in our culture is as close to both poetry and prayer as you could possibly come. Uh, and we're gonna finish with those two things. Let me introduce Amanda Gorman, uh, our nation's first ever National Poet Laureate. President, Dr. Biden, Madam Vice President, Mr. Emhoff, Americans, and the world. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace in the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always just is. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it, somehow we do it, somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge our union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gazes not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true. That even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. That even as we tired, we tried. That we'll forever be tied together, victorious. Not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promised glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare it. Because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. 
and this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption. We feared it at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So while once we asked, how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert, how could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be a country that is bruised, but whole, benevolent, but bold, fierce, and free. Look at the camera like that. We will like not that. be turned Let around or face. interrupted by intimidation Disgusting. because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens, but one thing is certain. If we merge mercy, with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy Keep the camera on a and girl. change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country wow. better than one we were left with every breath from our bronze pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the west. We will rise from the windswept northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation in every corner called our country our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful when day comes we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid the new dawn blooms as we free it for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it if only we're brave enough to be it Thank you, Amanda Gorman. Now for our benediction, I'm pleased to introduce Reverend Dr. Sylvester Beeman, the pastor of the Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Wilmington, Delaware, a friend of President Biden for 30 years. As a nation and people of faith gathered in this historical moment, let us unite in prayer. God, we gather under the beauty of your holiness and the holiness of your beauty. We seek your face, your smile, your warm embrace. We petition you once more in this celebration 
We pray for divine favor upon our president, Joseph R. Biden, and our first lady, Dr. Jill Biden and their family. We further ask that you would extend the same favor upon our vice president, Kamala D. Harris, and our second gentleman, Doug Imhoff, and their family. More than ever, more than ever, they and our nation need you. We need you, for in you we discover our common humanity. In our common humanity, we will seek out the wounded and bind their wounds. We will seek healing for those who are sick and diseased. We will mourn our dead. We will befriend the lonely, the least, and the left out. We will share our abundance with those who are hungry. We will do justly to the oppressed, acknowledge sin, and seek forgiveness, thus grasping reconciliation. In discovering our humanity, we will seek the good in and for all our neighbors. We will love the unlovable, remove the stigma of the so-called untouchables. We will care for our most vulnerable, our children, the elderly, emotionally challenged, and the poor. We will seek rehabilitation beyond correction. We will extend opportunity to those locked out of opportunity. We will make friends of our enemies. We will make friends of our enemies. People, your people, shall no longer raise up weapons against one another. We will rather use our resources for the national good and become a beacon of life and goodwill to the world. And neither shall we learn hatred anymore. We will lie down in peace and not make our neighbors afraid. In you, O oh God, we discover our humanity. In our humanity, we discover our commonness. Beyond the difference of color, creed, origin, political party, ideology, geography, and personal preferences. We'll become greater stewards of your environment, preserving the land, reaping from it a sustainable harvest, and securing its wonder and miracle-giving power for generations to come. This is our benediction, that from these hallowed grounds where slaves labored to build this shrine and citadel to liberty and democracy. Let us all acknowledge from the indigenous Native American to those who recently received their citizenship, from the African American to those whose foreparents came from Europe and every corner of the globe, from the wealthy to those struggling to make it, from every human being regardless of their choices, that this is our country. As such, teach us, O oh God. As such, teach us, O oh God, to live in it, love in it, be healed in it, and reconcile to one another in it, lest we miss kingdom's goal. To your glory, majesty, 
dominion and power forever. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. In the strong name of our collective faith. Amen. Please remain standing as the Armed Forces Color Guard retires our national colors. Ladies and gentlemen, please be seated and remain in your seats while the president and official party depart the platform. For safety reasons, your ushers will release your section in an organized manner, following the playing of our national march, The Stars and Stripes Forever. has tens of thousands of subscribers and many companies announced the freeze on donations as a result of his reporting and he joins us now Judd your newsletter is being credited with promoting um, or I should say prompting this corporate reckoning and now you have companies from Walmart to Amazon to Morgan Stanley and Dell cutting off their financial support were you surprised that this was the outcome yes I was surprised that this was the outcome um, Myself and, and my research assistant, uh, we, last week, um, shortly after the riot at the Capitol, contacted 144 uh, companies, uh, companies that had ended up donating to the senators that followed through and raised that objection. And the initial response was not huge. Uh, we got back you know, maybe 15 responses, but three of the companies, Marriott, Commerce Bank, and Blue Cross Blue Shield, said that they would be suspending the donations to uh, this group of 147 uh, members of Congress, all Republicans. And, and that kind of got the ball rolling. And, and since then, we've been hearing from more and more and more companies. So um, it's become quite a thing. It's become quite a thing. What's your sense of how this unfolded? Do you think the companies were already planning to suspend donations and then confirmed it publicly when you contacted them and then it kind of became a thing where companies were didn't want to be the last in line to, to say that they too were suspending donations? Well, that's certainly the dynamic now. You know, I think the companies that are coming out now are the ones who clearly were never planning on doing this but are doing it from pressure. Um, from other companies, from the public, from their own employees. You know, one of the things that really surprised me today was Oracle. Um, Larry uh, Ellison, the, the, the chair of, or, or the um, CEO of Oracle, is one of Trump's biggest supporters. And they came out and said they're not going to donate to this group of people. But that came, that happened after 500 employees 
wrote the board a letter demanding action. So I think that's what's going on now. Mm. As far as what went on initially, I do think Marriott's decision was very critical. That drove a lot of headlines and I think got a lot of people talking and a lot of their employees talking. I think the employees at these companies are really drive, really what's driving a lot of the action. Yeah, definitely. And Marriott was definitely out front there. A lot of people, though, will say that the companies saying they won't make political contributions is hardly taking a stance when you just had an election and uh, congressmen and congressmen are not exactly in fundraising mode. I mean, that's what the cynic would say. What do you think? I think it's good to be cynical sometimes, especially with campaign donations. There's been a few companies. Uh, American Express was one of them. I had a, a back and forth with um, their communications uh, flack, and he was very clear that they were not making a temporary decision, that this was permanent, um, that they would never donate to these 147 members of Congress ever again. Most companies, though, have described it as a, as a pause and a freeze, and I think whether or not this amounts to something lasting is going to reveal itself over years, and it's the job of myself and, and other people who are interested in the story to keep track and see what happens. Because uh, at some point, these donations will be un, unfrozen, and we'll have to see, like, is it back to normal? Mm. Are, do things look like they did, did on January 5th? Or has there been real changes in a systemic way? Yeah. Also talk a little bit about how the corporate responses really ran the gamut. Um, you had a number of companies, I believe 50 at last count, that didn't respond. Others like CVS um, are reviewing their policies but haven't actually made any changes. And then you've got Hallmark, which seems to have gone the furthest, in fact, saying that it's going to seek refunds uh, from the senators who objected to the results. Yeah, I, I do think it's run the gamut. Um, Hallmark, I think, has been the most aggressive, and it's quite striking because they're located in Kansas City. They're one of the biggest employers in Kansas City, and they're demanding a refund from their home state senator, oh, wow. Josh Hawley. And so normally, obviously, you'd expect a very close collaborative relationship between one of your state's major employers and one of the state senators. But in this case, Hallmark is saying you've crossed so far over the line, we want nothing to do do with you. I think on the other end of the spectrum, you have these companies who are saying, we're not only going to pause our donations to the 147 Republicans, we're just going to do a total pause for three months or six months. Um, that really does amount to very little because, as you mentioned, we are at the beginning of a campaign cycle. There's not a lot of people running campaign ads right now, yeah. whether you're in the House or the Senate. And if in six months they just go ahead and, and max out as they were planning to whoever they wanted to, um, you know, it's really, there's really no change from exactly. the status quo. So we're going to have to look at these companies. Um, we're going to get our first look in July. There's not a lot of filings in an off year. They only, all these packs only filed twice a year. So you get your first wow. look in July and then again at the end of the year and we'll start to see what happens. In fact, I don't even think we're going to see a lot in July because that probably will, will cover the pause. Right, It'll right. be the, the, the next six months where you'd see if things start to change or not.